Quest Community Church, living life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. Hey, this morning, I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. We get to do a number of things uh, today that I am uh, thrilled about. One of them is we uh, get to start a new series when we're doing uh, Q&A again. So I uh, believe we have a slide, do we not, of the way to interact with our message today. At any time during the message, uh, you can uh, hook your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop to the CAFE wireless, uh, either 2.0 or 5.0, doesn't matter which, just pick whichever signal strongest to you. And you can go to questions.gotoquest.org and submit a question or a comment that you want us to interact with. Uh, at any time during the message, or if you are one of those people who are fortunate enough inside this metal building to have texting, you can text as well. I will warn you, every time we've done this in the past, uh, the texting people, we get a lot of questions as people are driving home. It's just... It's just so uh, if you have a Wi-Fi ability, uh, do that as a priority. Uh, if not, try the texting option. I'm also excited because today we're going to start something that we're going to make an annual tradition around Lent. And we're going to call it a leap of faith. And that leap of faith is an intentional time where we get to go deeper and experience God more uh, profoundly in our own lives. And uh, as we begin to celebrate the fact that the, well, the greatest holiday of the year for, for, for Christians is Easter, the fact that God is alive and God is present with us today. So we're going to invite everyone to take an intentional journey of seeking God and asking God for some very specific things over this Lenten season and with the expectation that he's going to show up and looking for him to show up, and we're going to celebrate together the ways he does that. Now, I understand a leap of faith uh, involves risk. And there's a risk of disappointment. There's a risk that God may not answer our prayers, that we ask specifically in the way we want or in the time we want. But the Bible also talks about the fact that God rewards faith. So to put aside, I want to invite you to put aside the fear of potential disappointment and instead to risk, to dream, to, to act, to pray, and to enjoy seeing God do some amazing things among us over these next six weeks. Uh, as part of that, we want you to focus your adventure on a couple of things. And on your way in today, you received a, a front and a back uh, piece of paper and you received a card. If you want to pull those out, I'm just going to highlight a couple things for you. Uh, we want to invite you to focus your journey on three questions. This card itself summarizes those three questions. And what the intent of this card is, is after you've spent some time to figure out what you want to pray about underneath one, each one of those three questions, that you fill it out on here. And then you either keep this card, uh, maybe if you use a paper Bible still for your devotionals, put it in there as your bookmark so you see it whenever you go in there. Or maybe put it on your mirror in your bathroom or your refrigerator or maybe on the dash of your car, or maybe even just take a good high-resolution picture of it and stick it as a screensaver or wallpaper on your iPad. Some place that you're going to be reminded of this regularly and pray for it daily and expect to see God move so that every day when you're reminded of it, you're looking around going, I wonder what God's going to do in answer to my questions today. So there's just this sense of expectation. And we want you to focus around three questions. The first question is actually simply, what does God want to do for me during this time period? And I want to invite you to be bold. I want to invite you to be specific, to dream, 
big with what you're going to ask God to do in this time. Maybe that's going to be something where God answers you in a really difficult relationship where you need breakthrough. Maybe it's going to be uh, physical healing. Maybe it's going to be something at your work or something in your family. For me, for example, what I'm praying for, for years I felt like God wanted me to write a book. I've had people telling me that I should write a book. And only recently have I felt like God may be saying it's maybe approaching the time. But for me, the big barrier to that is every week life is busy enough for me that I get to the end of the week and I've got no creativity left by the time I'm done preparing for this and just doing the pace of life. So I'm praying this this time period about some very specific things, asking God to help me see how to make a way to begin that process. I don't know what it will be for you. Maybe it will be something different for you. The next question we want you to focus on is, what does God want to do for my five? So who are your five? Your five are the people in your life who you have regular interaction with. So more than likely, they're going to be local, but maybe not. Maybe it's somebody you're on the phone with on a regular basis. But you have regular interaction with them who are either uncertain of their faith in Jesus or who are disconnected from meaningful involvement in church. And we're going to ask you to pray for them every day. We're going to ask you to pray for them and expect God to show up and give you opportunities to care for them, love them, build a deeper relationship with them. We're going to ask you to do things that are intentional, maybe uh, intentionally going out of your way to have coffee with them, uh, to build that deeper friendship. Uh, Maybe invite them to your home with some other Quest friends to begin to build relationship there. Maybe invite them to your small group and invite them to church here at Quest. I hope that we can see dozens, if not hundreds, of our friends show up sometime this year, maybe on Easter with us. Um, And then we have a third question as well, and that question is the longest one. Uh, And uh, it actually ties back into what we were talking about in our last series, the fact that Paul is teaching us in Ephesians that uh, together we are more a a more full expression of who God is than individually. Therefore, the question is, together, what is God prompting me to do with Quest to increase the peace and prosperity of our community? Now, that's a big question. You may not be able to answer that for a few weeks. In fact, I would, cons- I would tell you, just keep praying about it and go beyond praying about it. Talk about this question with your friends here at Quest and with your family because maybe you're going to discover what God wants you to do through somebody else talking about a passion. And all of a sudden you go, yeah, that's something I'd love to be a part of. So talk about this with your friends at Quest. And maybe maybe a few weeks from now you'll be able to write down what that is. Maybe it's going to have something to do with reaching kids or, or disconnected kids or kids going through troubled times. Or maybe it's going to be a more intentional way we reach out to those who are, who are going through difficult financial times or circumstances of life. Maybe it's going to be adopting a school. I don't know. Maybe just Let's not limit God. Let's just begin to ask, keep Keep asking, talk among, our, talk, talk among ourselves, and expect God to show up and show us even more clearly how we can be a blessing to our community. Now, our official kickoff to the Leap of Faith is uh, kind of this Sunday, but really it's this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. We're going to open, this, open the facility from 8 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m. at night, and you can come and go and pray at any time you want during that time period. We're going to have in the auditorium here three stations of prayer that are going to be self-guided, centered around these questions on your card. 
and uh, and uh, and then in the auditorium uh, or in the gymnasium, we're going to have uh, a prayer labyrinth with lots of creative ways to spark how God might meet you and help you pray and connect with Him during this time. I want to specifically invite you this Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. to join us. Bring your kids. We're okay with kids. We're a family-friendly place. If there's a little bit of distraction and happy feet going on, no big deal. We want to be able to have a prayer time and a worship time, a corporate time together where we model for each other and for our kids how to pray. So just come out between 7 and 8 this Wednesday and uh, and be here for that. Now... I'm just going to be honest. For myself, for you, I think it's going to be true that in order for us to have intentionality around this leap of faith through the season, we're going to have to uh, probably give something up so that we can actually have time to do this. And one of the traditional things throughout the centuries around, uh, around the Lenten season is to do, to do a fast. And uh, that's not intended to be a punishment for us. It's intended to be this beautiful, deep way of connecting with God. And a lot of times fasting has to do with food, but uh, on a broader concept, a broader sense, what it can simply mean is we stop doing certain activities to free up mental, emotional, and physical time and energy to actually focus on something of God more intensely, like praying for and being engaged in our leap of faith. So if you want more information on fasting and how different options of how to do that, or if you are a person who this two pages is not enough and you really want a little bit more guide around the three questions to help you think through how you want to approach this, we have these booklets available on the table by the front door for you to pick up with more information than what you get in the two-page version. So our message... uh, Actually, I forgot one thing. For those of you with kids, you especially want to pay attention to this. Uh, not this week, but next week, we're going to start a weekly Leap of Faith email with some tips and ideas for how you can connect with God, but also for how you can help your kids take their own Leap of Faith. If you've got children, I want you on the way out to pick up cards, one card for each one of your children, and make this a family affair. Have your kids pray and decide what they want for themselves, who their five are, and what they want God to do through the church. And pray with your kids and have them pray and take their own leap of faith during the season as well. Okay? Now, our message today. So we're starting this and we're actually focusing through uh, this series in our leap of faith on how we discover and clarify more deeply who God has made us to be and the purpose he's given each and every one of us. We're calling the series Powerful Purpose. And today we're kicking that off with a message on hearing God's voice. What does that look like? How do we understand what God's voice really is? And the reason we're doing that is simply this. It's really kind of hard to connect with what God wants our life to be about without actually hearing him, right? And this whole idea of hearing his voice, knowing his voice, what does that mean is, is something I know a lot of us struggle being confident in. And yet John 10 says this, it says, it says, for those who follow him, they know his voice. God wants us to have confidence and how he's communicating with each and every one of us. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, God, God says to us, call to me and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. 
John 14 and 16 both talk about the Holy Spirit and how when we follow Jesus, we'll receive the Holy Spirit and we will know how to understand how He's communicating with us through the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about speaking, we talk about hearing, we talk about voice, but what exactly does that mean? How do we know the difference between our thoughts and God's thoughts? How do we know the difference between our feelings and God touching us? How do we know the difference between our own gut instinct and what might be God's discernment and insight? Uh, To kick us off in this series, I have four people, if you want to come right now, that we're going to do a quick interview with who are going to share with you how they're beginning to maybe possibly understand how God is speaking to them. They're going to be in the in this from either the standpoint of just this last year beginning to feel like maybe maybe they're beginning to understand that and still have some questions to a couple of them have been understanding maybe how God's been speaking to them for years, but they're beginning to have some breakthroughs and maybe some different ways that God's speaking. So we're just going to kind of do a quick 60-second interview or so with each one of them, and we're going to focus on not so much the content of what God's saying to them, but uh, how they're experiencing that and why they think it might be God. Kyle, you want to start us off? Yeah. This is Kyle Spangler. Um, About three weeks ago, three weekends ago, we had the uh, Art of Well-Being retreat here at the church. And uh, I decided to go to that. And for the first five or ten minutes, I was the only male there. (laughs) Uh, Felt like 45 minutes. And then David Kress showed up. And I felt much better. I could exhale. Um, But uh, we we got into the retreat. And uh, uh, I think the most important thing, or one of the most important things, is just the fact that how, you know, how critical it is to be intentional about spending time with God. And everyone is busy. Everyone has things going on in their life, you know, hectic pace. And just to be able to get away and spend time with God is, is truly amazing. I hadn't had that experience for about three years. So uh, I came into that retreat with um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure. just felt a heavy weight on my shoulders coming into that. And Melissa led us through some experiential times with God, and the first night, um, I didn't have a connection. I, I didn't feel a connection, and I remember writing down in our journal uh, that I was disappointed with that, mm-hmm. um, but decided to come back. I, I talked with Courtney, my wife, that night, and just I was just kind of running through a stream of thoughts about what had gone on that night. I really couldn't summarize what it was all about, but then the next day came back and had another um, experiential time, and that connection was just immediate, like that. And uh, um, What happened during that time? What was it like for you? Yeah, uh, they, they encouraged us to, to use our imagination. So I'm in the business world, and so much of my time is just, you know, it's working off of a to-do list, and there's not much room for imagination. And so I imagined um, it was... It was, it was really deep because I imagine going back as a, as a boy and just feeling the sense of safety, peace. I imagine Christ was with me. I imagined where I grew up. I grew up out in the country and there was a lot of uh, streams and creeks. And I imagine being in that area and we were just hanging out. We were throwing rocks. We were playing baseball. We were um, 
just I was enjoying that time with him and and everything that I felt coming into that retreat, all the fear, anxiety, pressure, it was the complete opposite during that time. And it was just it was deeply powerful. And I hadn't felt that before. And that was new for you in terms of of, of experiencing the imagination side of it for you? And, and what, what made you feel like it was God and not just you? Um, a couple different things. My time with God usually is in, in Bible study and prayer, and it feels like a lot of words. This was like it was going from black and white to color. Hmm. And um, you know, just the pictures that were there, and it, it was... It was it was more than the goosebumps. It was just a deep, deep, powerful feeling. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Miranda, this last year felt like God spoke to her in a clear way, maybe for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, last year at this time, I was just wanting to grow closer to God and to know Him better. And I started intentionally praying for that and was hearing people talk about hearing God's voice. and Was never, that ever frustrating when people talked about it? <laughs> no, I just didn't think that that was something for me. Okay. I, I had never considered even asking God to hear his voice. And then I kind of thought, hmm, I wonder if that could happen for me. And so I started praying for that as well. And I had, I'm a planner, and so my plan to get to know God better was I'm going to join a small group. And I came to church, and there was a list of small groups and times, and I thought that that was perfect, and I would look and pick one out. And none of them would really work for my work schedule and my kids' schedule. And I remember feeling disappointed. And this voice, it was a thought in my head, but I didn't think it as I should or maybe I could it said, if you can't find a time that works for you, you need to start your own group. And I kind of knew that that thought hadn't originated with me, but I, it just seemed like I wanted to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think because it felt a little outside of my control, that I just wanted to process that for a couple of days. And, and I thought about it all week, and I came the next week to church, and it was last year when Jason Upton was here, and he said... Do you want to know if you're hearing the voice of God? And I thought, well, that's me <laughs> right now. And he said, listen for a voice that's radically different from your own. And I just really just melted inside. Like, absolutely, Lord, I can do that. The issues of who I would invite and I'm not knowledgeable enough and I'm just trying to seek God. I don't, I don't think that I'm qualified all of that kind of just went away from me, and I knew that I could rely on him, and I was grateful he didn't give up on me and kept pursuing me and showing me. And through that experience, he was there every step of the way, and it's been a blessing because he wanted me to trust him and rely on him, and that's how I would know him, not by reading or hearing somebody speak. I had to get right in the middle of it. And you began to experience more of that even with the interaction of, with him of who you should invite, if I remember right, correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the kind of weeks after I accepted that, you know, I was going to go ahead and just take this jump and dive in and try it, um, I just had the opportunity to have conversations with people that I know or their acquaintances that I've never talked to them about God before. 
And it was just like I would see that little window open and just go ahead and say it. And then I almost felt sometimes like that person almost grabbed onto it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Amanda? Now, Amanda's still debating a little bit whether she's hearing from God, right? Um, yes. Kind of heard one that you're pretty sure, and then another time. Tell us about those times. Which one do you want first? Why don't you tell us the one that you're still debating about, the most recent one? Okay. Um, For anybody who doesn't know me, I am a worrier. It is inbred in my DNA. In fact, if worrying was an art form, my grandmother would be Picasso. Um, It's just, it's who we are in my family. It's in my DNA. Um, The Friday before Thanksgiving, I think it was um, the 22nd of November, my boss and I got a phone call at about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and that phone call said that um, we were either losing our jobs or our territory was doubling in size. And I had absolutely no control over what was happening. Um, My boss, the interview would solely fall on my boss. Um, I was not allowed to talk about it with anybody. Um, in fact, I wasn't even allowed to ask for prayer about it at church because I actually have some coworkers that go here and nobody could know. So my husband knew and my parents knew and that was about it. Um, and I panicked. On the way home from work that day, I panicked and I think I rightfully panicked. Um, I had some tears and I freaked out all weekend long. Monday on my way to work, I said, I'm done. I can't do this. I physically, it's Christmas is coming up. The holidays are here. I physically cannot handle this right now. So I'm, I'm done. I'm give, this is all you, God. I have nothing to do with this anymore. And um, kind of a sense of peace came over me. And I felt fine the whole car ride into work. And I felt like I should be dreading it because it was the day I was going to start prepping my boss for this interview. And um, I walked into the office and I said, I think we're fine. And he said, what do you mean we're fine? I said, I just, I think we're fine. I really think, like, you know, we'll prep for the interview and we'll be ready to go, but um, I think we're fine. And he said, okay. And we prepped for the interview and his wife and I were having texting conversations behind the scene through this entire interview process. And I kept telling her, like, I don't feel like we need to worry. I think we're fine. I really do. And she's like, I feel like we're fine too, but what do we do to help him? Because he doesn't feel like we're fine. And through the entire process, I just had a total sense of peace. Um, He interviewed on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday afternoon, um, we got a phone call that he got a phone call at 5 o'clock, and he accepted our new state, and we took over and doubled in size, and at 6 o'clock, I took my new position. So. And the difference for you in that was in past circumstances, you would have been going crazy. Oh, I couldn't have gone to work, probably. But this time there was yeah, this I was deep fine. sense of peace. I, cool. I, I just was fine. I, just, I knew we were fine. Awesome. So it was a good feeling. And you had one other time last year where you just kind of you kind of went, I think that's God speaking? Um, it was not last year. It was actually oh, the very years. first time we were at okay. Quest. So it was two years ago. And um, my very first experience at Quest, Ross asked us to meditate. And the people who invited us to Quest were like, oh, my gosh, were you? Like, I hope that wasn't too far out for you. And I was like, no, we were fine. But um, he, <laughs> he asked us to picture ourselves in a field or somewhere safe and quiet and peaceful. And I think you had just gotten back from the mountains or something, and you were showing pictures of the mountains. And um, picture Jesus with you. Well, my visualization technique is to close my eyes and to see the back of my eyelids. If you ask me to picture anything, I'm not getting anything. Just, it's a waste of your time. But um, just to do what I felt like I had to do, I said, all right, I'm here, God. What do you want from me? And I heard a very clear Alex, which Alex is our nine-year-old. He was seven at the time. So I heard a very clear and very distinct Alex. And that was, I, I... Just a sense of invitation to surrender. I, I don't think it was a sense of any. It was a. It, it was, was a command. It was a command. It wasn't like I had an option. It wasn't up for debate. 
it was a command, and I mean, God probably knows that I need yelled at to be <laughs> to hear people sometimes. So, but um, I mean, we've been here every ever since. So I just cool. kind of surrendered. Thank you very much, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. So Brian has been having some experiences lately that are a little different than he's normally used to, and I wanted to share about that. Um, a lot of my experiences have been through the Connections Group. I, as I've been getting closer into the Quest community, how I've been sensing the Lord and hearing from Him has changed. Um, I'm, I'm a visual learner. If a teacher says something doesn't write on the board, I don't retain anything. So it's kind of interesting how this happened. I've been seeing pictures for other people, and usually they don't make any sense for me. But as we've been praying, it, it develops a little bit like a Polaroid of um, there's nothing and then the a blur starts to form, and then I see this picture. And then I feel this prompting inside me, like, I'm supposed to share what this means or what, what this picture is. And then then I do my best to relay it accurately, and I have no idea usually what that means. And um, usually the, the recipient understands that, which is totally new to me. Yeah. One of them was actually Wendy. She referred to it in when she spoke a while back, didn't she? It was. Um, I. It was in October, and there was. It was Christmas related, which blew my mind. And I'm also against mixing holidays. I feel like I really enjoy the fall. And it wasn't Christmas season yet. Um, and then it it struck such a chord with Wendy. It was pretty amazing to be part of that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Would you give them all an applause? Thanks for this and sharing. Appreciate it. We're going to get to some of your questions and some of your comments that we want us to interact with in just a moment. But I want to quickly, uh, in about uh, three minutes or so here, run through uh, just kind of an outline of some of the ways the Bible says that God speaks to us, what that looks like in the Bible. Uh, first way, and you probably guess it, is the scriptures. Psalm 119 says, store up God's word in your heart. And it instructs us to do that through reading, through discussion, through meditation, through memorization. Also that John 14, where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit can happen in our lives, where he can bring back to memory that which is stored up when we need it, at the right time, in the right moment, in the right place. Uh, another way, which was actually illustrated by one of our stories, that the Bible talks about hearing God's voice as being led by peace. It's been a real predominantly talked about way all throughout Christian history. And Amanda's situation is really that, where she has this uncharacteristic sense of peace about a decision that needs to happen in a certain space of time. Colossians 3.15 and Isaiah 55:12 are often cited to support that. Another way that God speaks to us is through meditation. And biblically, meditation involves our entire being, thinking, emotion, uh, imagination, experience. And the Bible talks about meditating on words, thinking about the words of the Bible. In Psalm 1-2, it says, A godly, successful person delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, thinking about the words. The Bible also talks about... Meditation being something where we look inward at ourselves to understand what's going on and take that intentionally before God. So 
Psalm 119:59 is an example of that. It says, when I think on my ways, I turn my feet to you, to your testimonies. Uh, it also involves understanding our emotions and taking them to God. Psalm 4.4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder or meditate in your own hearts on your bed and be silent. In other words, making room for silence in our life where we get in touch with what we're feeling and we allow God to bring understanding, healing, insight, whatever He needs to be to us in that moment, to that place in our lives. Uh, Meditation is also, as we talked about uh, even in the examples here, imagery and use of imagination. Psalm 23 is the best example of this where David more than likely is writing this psalm the day before a battle. And he goes back in his mind to this place he had met God many times. This safe and also dangerous place. This place where he'd killed bears and lions before protecting the sheep. But it's a a place he knows and God meets him there in his imagination and becomes very real to him. The Bible talks about dreams being a way God speaks to us. Now, not all dreams are of God, but Acts 2 clearly says that God will speak to us in dreams. Uh, it also talks about the fact that he speaks to us in visions. And we sometimes get hung up on visions, but think of visions more as just mental images, like, like maybe it was illustrated up here by Brian or uh, by, illustrated by Peter in Acts 10, where he's praying, he's meditating, and he sees all of a sudden this image of this sheet with all these unclean animals, unclean for his Jewish practices, coming to him. And God specifically speaks a message to him through that mental image. Uh, God also speaks through observing other people and sensing the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and observing people in crowds around us. Proverbs 5 and 6 are a really great example of this. Uh, God also speaks to us through conscience, according to Romans 2.15. Our conscience is God-given. Now, the Bible also teaches that our conscience is not a perfect understanding of God's will because it can be corrupted, it can be dulled by sin, it can be corrupted by religious thinking instead of understanding how much God loves us and all that stuff. But it is nonetheless one of the ways He speaks to us. And finally, God speaks to us through other people. Other people praying for us. Other people like Brian getting images for us. And all of a sudden it makes sense because it speaks directly into our lives at a certain point. The point is, God wants us to be confident. He wants each and every one of us, every single one of you in this room, to be confident in understanding how God communicates with you and leads you in life. It's a training process. The Bible talks about it. We need to train our senses. We need to train ourselves to hear. We're going to make errors, and that's fine. But the truth is that God wants you to hear His voice confidently more than you want to hear it confidently. And He wants to come to you in that way. Scripture teaches us in many different ways that God invites us to have this posture towards hearing His voice of, let me just say, this posture of leaning in. This posture of expecting, of assuming he's going to speak to us. Instead of what we normally approach this, I think all of us are tend, to, tend to approach it with this posture of leaning away, kind of arguing with ourselves, doubting when I prayed, is this thought really from him? Is this image really from him? And arguing with it. Instead, he wants us to lean in 
expecting, anticipating that he does indeed want to talk with us. Now, I'd love to uh, take some of your questions and to help me take some of those questions. So send those in right away if you haven't already. Uh, uh, my wife Wendy is going to join us. Uh, Melissa Schaefer, our spiritual formation volunteer, spiritual formation pastor is going to join us. And Jeremy is going to join us, our teaching and youth pastor. And we would be happy to interact with any questions you have or uh, comments you have that you want us to interact around on this topic. Dusty, do we have any? Yes, of course we do. All right. First question. I'm interested about something one of the ladies, when I answered it, Amanda, uh, mentioned. She mentioned giving it up to God. How does one actually give something up to God? What does that really mean? I've heard people say that a lot before, but I don't know how you actually do it. Where's Amanda? Can I put you on the spot? <laughs> well, tell me first, since you were the one sharing it, what it meant to you. What giving up something meant to you? I just, I didn't have time to worry about it at that point. It was the holidays were coming up. I had to prepare my boss for this interview. Um, and I didn't have time to handle it. I didn't have time to deal with it. So for me, giving it up to God meant that I was going to trust whatever happened no matter what happened, and know that if I lost my job, then there was something better. And if I gained my territory, I knew he would guide me through it. I mean, and I would be okay no matter what. Um, and I just was not giving myself permission to worry about it anymore. I was going to leave it all in his hands. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. What does giving up mean to some of you? For me, I think it's very similar to what Amanda said. It's it's really that process of surrender. We're no longer in control. And um, if when we do that, when we say, God, I'm going to allow you to uh, guide my steps through this process, then, you know, essentially what we're doing is we're just saying, I'm, I, I'm under your control, God. And and uh, and so that's that's what I would think of when I give it up to him. Just yeah, I'm not in charge. I'll follow your lead. I'll try and listen to your voice. And I think the difficulty with giving things up a lot of times, we've talked about this a lot, as driven people, which most of us are, right? It's very hard to get in that place of surrender, but that's the place God wants us to live from, this absolute trust of Him. And the tension becomes then, well, what do I do with all my lists? What do I do with all the things I'm planning for? And how do I keep my heart in that place of surrender while I continue to be a successful professional? And there's a tension that I think God wants to bring this place of our heart to a place of rest, but still allow us to be wise people who plan and move and act and trust that he is going to stop us if we're headed in a direction that he doesn't want us to, that he wants to communicate more than we do. So we continue with life, but we continue with a different place in our heart of, of rest and surrender. Sometimes it helps to do something really tactile with that. I have a can at home. It's called the God can, and I just... Take the lid off, I write something down, I put it in the God can when I decide, okay, I'm going to stop controlling this and trying to manipulate it. So I, I need those kinds of things too. Good visual, good tactile thing. Mm -hmm. Another question, Dusty? Yes. I close my eyes when you ask us to do a visual meditation in church and all I see is the back of my eyelids. Am I the only one who finds this visual meditation thing hard, not something that works for me? How do I connect with God if that doesn't work? So I'll, I'll start. I'm the one who asks you to do that a lot. And I'm one of these guys who also half the time sees the back of my eyelids. 
So why do we ask you to do stuff that's, that, that is uncomfortable? For me, it's simply because I've learned that God does sometimes profoundly speak to me in ways that I'm not naturally attuned to, that are uncomfortable for me. I'm not, I mean, I just see black. I mean, now I see lights shining on me, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and I think God, this is one of the things we want to challenge us as a culture, to try things that are different for us, to allow God to have many different ways, even outside of our normal comfort zone, to speak to us. So don't feel guilty if it doesn't happen. We just did it with my kids not too long ago, and everybody got something, I got nothing. <laughs> so anybody else want to comment on that? Sure. I'll say that, you know, it's not always a visualization thing. Uh, it's definitely can be the way God tends to speak to you. And you get that even in the way that you learn. So it might be something, a physical sensation in your body. It might be um, just the way that you're feeling emotionally or something that you're tuned into in the room that you don't really know. Like if you close your eyes, you can sense people around you or other things around you. You can sense kind of what's going on in the, the room without even being able to see I think we tend to focus on hearing and seeing too much with God, and I just encourage you to tune into yourself. And He created us to tune into Him, and we just got that uh, kind of trained out of us. And so, literally, our brains get hardwired in some ways that God didn't intend, and He wants to rewire. And I would say, in that um, time when we were doing it as a family, when Ross didn't get anything, um, it is it was just that you enjoy it. And I think uh, we were talking in a seat group this last week how um, when we give God a little bit of space like that, it reminds me of when I, um, earlier this year, I wasn't feeling really well and my mom was in town. And I couldn't talk because I was in a lot of pain and she just sat next to me and I didn't want her to say anything. And I think sometimes when we give God that space, we can feel him and sense him in that way mm-hmm. by just letting him, just like my mom was there, and um, but she was tending to me without doing anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. God gives us all of our sen- all of our senses. It doesn't mean that our senses are God speaking, but He can speak to us through all of them. Mm-hmm. He's the one who gave us the gift. Very good. I think we have time for one more, and then some closing thoughts. Uh, how can you be absolutely certain it is God and not just your own thoughts? I have gut instinct, but I don't think that it is God. Uh, how do you know it is not just your own gut? That's excellent. You don't. You don't know. I don't think you know. I think what you do is we believe that the Holy Spirit lives within us, that he wants to communicate with us. And so when we ask him and we pray, I think we can trust that first instinct, that first prayerful impression that we get, that that could be him. It's worth thinking about. It's worth praying, um, trusting some and testing it out. But I think when we open our heart to say, hey, God, would you speak to me? What's that first gut instinct? And go with it a little bit more. Um, it could be. It could be him. Yeah, and Scripture tells us that we need to test uh, things like this. And I really love what Brian shared in his testimony about, you know, like those first moments, I'm sure, when he received uh, a picture or whatever, to, to actually bring that to a group of people and say, what does this mean to you? Does this, is this uh, you know, what does this make sense? 
Um, when we do that, when we feel like God has given us a picture or a thought or a word for us to go to a group of people that we trust and know and say, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? When we test it that way and we hear the response back, oh my gosh, that means something for me. Or yeah, that, I think the Lord is speaking to you and that, that helps build our faith and how we hear the voice of God and understand the voice of God. And it's incredibly helpful. So I would say, um, to, to whomever's asking this question, you know, just, just, Test it, you know, be willing to, to come up to someone and say, I think the Lord may be saying this to me or sharing this with me. What do you think? And um, there's a lot of value uh, there, I think. Can I ask a question? Most of us go through life saying, I can trust my gut and, and, I, and, I, and I can make great decisions on my gut. Why do we not think that that could be a gift from God? Right. Right. There's almost an assumption by many people that my gut is not God. Why wouldn't we not assume that it could be God first, not us, instead? Just a thought. Anything? And I just add one more thing about, um, I think there's kind of the other side of the spectrum of I never trust my gut or I'm never going to trust what anything God tells me. And I think it's good to just maybe take a no-fault uh, approach to whether you sense God or not. Like, it's not God's fault that you're not sensing him, and it's not your fault. And just be able to be open and not be defensive. And just be like, okay, I'm going to just assume that there's some other things interfering, and God can show me what they are. And it tends to take the pressure off both ways. Wendy had a couple closing thoughts I wanted her to share with you. They're too long. They're too long? You think they're too long? Okay. Well, then I guess she'll share them another time. Give me more space. Um, So why don't we just invite God to come and speak to us even while we continue to worship in a way that we don't normally worship. We're we're just enjoying the rich heritage celebrating uh, Black Gospel Month or Black History Month uh, with some Black Gospel Sunday. And I know it's different, so this is just another example of a day when we can stretch ourselves to experience God in a way that we're not used to. So, Lord, we just invite you. We just thank you for being here with us. We thank you that you speak to us regularly, that we don't always identify it, and we understand that, Lord. We ask that you'd bring a a deeper clarity to each and every one of us as to your voice and uh, release us into this place of rest and deep confidence in following you and knowing you. And, Lord, I pray that even as we continue to worship now, that you would come in a very real way to each and every one of us. And let us know your presence. Let us know your voice. Let us know how you are touching us, how you are relating to us. In Jesus' name, amen. To address some of your questions, I want to invite uh, Wendy, my wife, to join us, uh, who works on staff with our small groups. Melissa, our volunteer spiritual formation pastor as well. And Jeremy, our youth and teaching pastor, to do that. And uh, we'll get to your questions in just a second. Just send them up there. Oh, we got one already. There we are. Uh, The first one is, I'm not sure if this is totally biblical, but I've heard people say that in order to know that God has spoken to you, someone else has to somehow confirm it. Is that true? It is one of the ways that God does confirm that he's speaking to you. Does that have to be there every time? To make sure? No. But, you know, that's part of the reason we need to open ourselves to praying with other people and to be prayed for by other people 
because unless we do that, we don't. We, a lot of times we don't even allow God the chance to confirm that he's speaking to us in that way. That's one of the truths. We are a more full representation of God together than we are individually. We are more powerful representation of the power of God together than we are individually. And so that does definitely speak to that. Anybody else want to comment on that? Yeah, I would, I would say that um, it certainly is a way for us to measure maybe what God is saying to us, but it's certainly not the only way. I, the only way that I think of is uh, by running what you're hearing from God against Scripture. And uh, if in any way it conflicts with what the Word says, then it's clearly not from God. That's the only true test that I can think of for, um, you know, is this really from God? So, yeah. Got another question? Yes. Do you believe that sometimes God is silent for a reason, like he wants us waiting on him? If so, how do you know if he is just being silent or if we just aren't hearing him? That's a tough one. Um, I, I do believe that sometimes God's silent. I've, I've experienced that myself. And I also believe that sometimes I haven't been able to hear him. So I think you, that's a good place to be praying with other people and kind of discerning what else is going on. But for me, I think it's usually something about he wants me to lean a little closer in if he's being silent or he wants me to examine what's going on in me, what's happening. You know, is there something that's kind of a barrier between me and him that I've not been able to hear? In some way I'm being defensive. Yeah, I also would say, like, I think that's a great answer, Melissa. And one of the ways that I like to lean in a little bit closer to God, if I uh, am feeling like I can't hear him, I'll just start asking the question, what is, um, what am I supposed to learn from this? You know, what, what does this silence mean in my life? What is God trying to show me through this? And, and uh, usually when I start turning the question around or uh, changing my perspective on it, then I can start to, to, just get a little closer to the voice of God and, and understanding maybe what he's saying or hearing his voice a little more acutely. So, I think just being more comfortable with silence. I'm a person that has a lot of busy thoughts in my head a lot of times, and um, I just think that silence is often a gift to know how to be with him in a different way, like being next to your best friend and you don't even have to say anything, but resting in that is something to really practice. And I also think that um, silence... When we're experiencing a lot of it, unending kind of silence, it's an opportunity for us to think like, well, maybe I need to mix things up a little bit. Maybe I'll do a different way of praying or a different way of engaging to try to shift um, how we normally, because we all get in a little bit of ruts. And sometimes when when it is a lot of silence, I've just been doing the same thing, thinking I was going to get the same kind of result. And where God might be wanting me to encourage, like, I want you to talk more or I want you to engage in worship differently or... You know, just do something different. Or sometimes I want you to deal with something different and I'm not ready to deal with this yet. So mm-hmm. let's discover that. I, there was a really great illustration I thought this last week when we were listening in the seat group. We were running the seat group right in out our home. And, uh, and they talked about the fact that so, so often when we approach prayer, it can easily for us become a, kind of a sugar daddy thing almost. Asking God for stuff and just expecting Him to get it. And God wants our relationship to be deeper than that. So sometimes I do think that silence or waiting to answer is God wanting us to press into that relationship and not just come to Him as the answer all, give all, you know, type of thing. So, another question? 
Why does it seem like God's way, ways rather, of speaking to people uh, is more evident in the Bible than it is today? In the Bible, it seems like there are more times of God speaking in an audible voice or angels appearing with messages, etc. Well, there's an assumption there, isn't there, that it does happen more in the Bible than it does today, and I think that's not a correct assumption. Um, I also think it comes sometimes from a reading of the Bible that doesn't take into account the fact that, um, so, yes, God spoke audibly to, uh, or very clearly to, we don't know what was audibly, because they, they say God spoke, but we don't always know exactly how that sounded to him in the Bible, right? That's, that's not always really clearly presented in the Bible. But we also get to see 80 years of, or how many years is 400. Abraham? Oh, no. I was thinking of the gap between... Um, well, uh, 400 years, but 80 years. Like We get to see like 80 years of Abraham's life in 10 chapters. Right. Right? So it, when we read it in one sitting, it sounds like it happened all the time. What was, like, what was it like in between? I, I believe God was there and speaking and his presence was known, but what was it like in between? Right? So I think, I think that's a little perspective sometimes. Yeah, and another good perspective to, to keep in mind is that um, the people that we read about in Scripture didn't have Scripture, you know, so they, they didn't have the voice of God uh, written on these pages like we have. So, I mean, it could be argued that he speaks more to us and we have a more readily available voice of God in front of us through the Word. Yeah. And um, plus there's also the peace of the Holy Spirit and how we are able to be instructed um, uh, via the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I think some of the assumptions that, that people make may be a touch incorrect. So. Yeah. Now, I've got friends who would tell you every single day they have a conversation with God and hear from God. I don't hear from God quite like that, but I sense His presence regularly. And I think... I think one of the things that we want to lean into in this time is expect that God's going to communicate with us more often, even about the things that we think are mundane. Because isn't that what real relationship is about? I mean, come on, husbands and wives and family members. I mean, you're chatting about the ball game. You're chatting about little things. And is that unimportant to your relationship? Why would we treat little things as unimportant our relationship with God, even, and have not and not expect that He would be there in some way. Mm-hmm. So, Very good. I think we have uh, time for one more question and then some closing thoughts. Uh, it says in the Bible, didn't God use prophets a lot to speak to people? Are there prophets today? If so, how do we know if they're truly prophets of God? <laughs> I'm talking too much. Yeah. <laughs> you take they need that to one. hear a prettier voice than mine. You take that one. I mean, I think there are definitely prophets today. I think we um, speak prophetically to each other all the time. Brian was an example of that, um, where God shares something with us, and we are able to share that with another person. I mean, it's not like we don't have to end that with, thus say of the Lord. We just say, this is what I'm sensing, and we can um, take it and test it. So I think that that's how you figure out whether somebody heard from God or not because I've heard people tell me things that uh, they thought was from God and didn't happen so I think that they're, it's lab work there is a very clear biblical teaching about the role of the Holy Spirit between the Old Testament and New Testament that the God, the God uh, 
the distinction of us following Jesus is that every single one of us gets to be filled by the Holy Spirit and experience the same level of spiritual filling that the prophets were primarily the only ones and the kings or the priests were primarily the only ones in the Old Testament to receive that level of intimate relationship with God. And so, yes, I would wholeheartedly agree that, that there's prophetic, but we don't need to, like she said, we don't need to get up. I think there's a lot of times we are giving prophetic words on Sunday that we hear that God has given to us and spoken to us about for us as a church. We just don't tell you that's what's happening. We just put it in the messaging that we're giving that Sunday. And we say it, and if it's God, his spirit will confirm it among us. And so we just, we don't always say, thus saith the Lord in that thing. But that's a huge aspect of hearing from God. Uh, this last week I was blessed to have an experience that I've never had before. I had a dream. Now, you, you've been around. I had a dream. You've heard me talk about me having dreams in the past, but I had a dream that was different than I've ever had before this last week. I had a dream of some friends in Oregon. And uh, it was about some relational things going on and some changes in their life. And there was a person in the dream that I didn't know. I knew everybody in the dream except one person. There was a person in the dream I didn't know. So I call up this friend on the phone this last week and I say, I feel like God spoke to me about you in this situation. Here's what I think God's bringing as far as blessing to your life. And I'm not confident in this stuff, so I didn't say the name of the person in the dream. I just said, tell me about the people in your life. And the names from the dream and the name he's dealing with matched. And it was one of those, wow, God moments. You know, that's never happened to me before. I've never done that before. But unless we're willing to take the risks, unless we're willing to take the risks, we won't know. And so what? If, you, if, I, would, if I would have had the wrong name, I would have said, okay, um, I'm not going to say his name because they may listen to this and there's some stuff that needs to be happened before this. But they may say to me, I may, I may just say to them, nah, this is, yeah, so I just had pizza last night. I've been thinking about you missing you, you know. So, you know, just let God prove it to you and take a risk, okay? That's, that's one of the biggest lessons that I think I'm learning right now, and I hope that we all learn as a community um, is that we need to, when we feel like we've, we've heard a word from the Lord, uh, it's important for us to take that step of risk, that faith step, to, to test it out, to see if it's uh, meaningful for the body, for anyone else that's in our community. Because when we do that, and if it's confirmed like you know Ross is, is, has recently experienced, then our faith grows in how we are hearing and understanding the voice of God. Um, that risky Faith step is um, what God calls us to over and over again. And so I, I want to encourage you guys, if, if you sense the Lord speaking to you, um, to really test whether or not it's from, the, from God uh, by uh, speaking that word to the people in your life. And, um, and watch how uh, faithful he is to, to just to prove his voice to you. Uh, it's, that's, a, that's a great uh, place for us to be. That's where this leap of faith is for us. You may share something with somebody that's actually what they're praying for for themselves. And they may go, wow, God is so amazingly good that he wants to do that for me. You may hear some things or have some dreams about the people you're praying for and just risk sharing that. See if God shows up in that moment. It's all about relationship, right? And even with the, free, even with the friends we're praying for. So let's just pray, and, uh, and we're going to continue to enjoy some beautiful worship. And I want you to continue through this time to respond to God and just ask him, would you open my heart for me to even grow more deeply 
in a sense of understanding of how you want to speak to me, how you want to be real to me, and how you want to work through me to confirm things for others and be real to others. Lord, we just invite you uh, to come now and open our hearts in the areas where we've lacked a sense of confidence, where we have uh, hesitated, where we've doubted whether it's you, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take the posture of leaning in, trusting you that you want us to be in the right place, to say the right things, to know the right things more than we do, and that we can trust you to correct us when we're wrong and we can lean in instead of being afraid and leaning away. Lord, I pray especially for the people here who would describe themselves as not having any confidence that they've ever heard God speak clearly. I pray, Lord, that you'd come with your Holy Spirit to them and that you would, each and every one of us, you would open our hearts more deeply to you. Lord, we worship you. Become alive and real and powerful through us and through us together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Join us at Quest as we walk with one another in friendship while discovering the reality and goodness of God together. For more information and service times, visit us online at gotoquest.org.